from like having all the news to like fucking nothing going on this week. There's a couple things that I saw. There's a couple. I did see that uh, io9 addressed the fact that their new fucking UI is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> or their their landing page is fucking garbage. So they're gonna apparently. Uh, it sounds Add some like they're, they're yeah. It sounds like they're looking to fix it. Not soon enough, probably. <laughs> no, like it's it's not it's like legit not usable like the way I, I would use it traditionally in terms of just like having it be like a timeline of things coming out. Yeah, exactly. Like for easy reference, like it's you can't use it for that anymore, and it makes it basically like useless as a result. And it sounds like a lot of other people have said the same thing. Basically, like yeah, this is absolutely useless to me the way that you guys have changed this. Yeah, like I'm like I don't feel I don't have any particular inclination to like scroll through the entire page every time I go to io9 uh just to make sure I've seen everything. So, yeah. Or well and and to click through all those fucking different categories and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's weird too because like it not all of the Gizmodo sites are doing that, right? Like it seems like it's just io9 that has fucking done that. Well, it's because it's under Gizmodo, right? Like, it's not its own branch anymore. Like, the yeah. way, like, Kotaku or Jezebel is its own, like, blog on, like... You know, like, when you go, like, at the top of the whatever, there's, like, the actual blogs at the top, like, AV Club and Deadspin, and they're all their own separate things. And io9 is now... It used to be its own site, but is now, like, kind of a subsite of Gizmodo for whatever reason. Even though it probably fits, I would rather the fucking Kotaku guys probably ran it, but like, whatever. That's just editorial preference at this point. So I think this motor guys don't always. Did I lose you? Oh my god, you froze already. Oh, I'm happy with this. Did you mute yourself somehow? I what did. Happened? I did. I sneezed and I did not unmute myself after. <laughs> You're real glitchy though. Like real glitchy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of out of it today for some reason. I don't know. It's just been a long week. I feel like you're talking to yourself now. Cause like, I feel like I've missed the last five minutes of you talking via glitch. Like you've just been like the fuck? either fast forwarding or rewinding or paused or like, Mm. Talking like a chipmunk. Give me like, another one of these fucking weeks, is it? Apparently, I've got everything. Like I've even got it recording already, and like just because I was, I wanted to click it in to see what was going on, and you were already well, giving me grief. Let's give it a shot, and fucking fingers crossed that we, this is not a nightmare week. Oh well, <laughs> it, it only took me two days to edit last week's episode together. So, oof, what was wrong with yeah. last week? Where we had like four cuts. Oh yeah, right. Because we had yeah, we had to keep yeah, stuff. yeah. There was like three recordings I had to look at and stuff, and then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, all right, let's get started then. Uh, welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is the two hundred and fifty fourth episode of our weekly pod. No, two hundred. Yes, two hundred fifty fourth. This is two five four. Yeah, Jesus, I wrote it. My, my brain shut down for a second there episode of our weekly podcast where we talk about all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe for work point of view i am tim coming to you from toronto ontario i'm going to be hosting this week's episode and with me i have mark what's up everybody i think we're the opposite of last week where i was exhausted and you uh were 
bright eyed yeah. and bushy tailed. Yeah, I think now, so. I mean I was I was on vacation last week. <laughs> yeah, now you're exhausted and I am what passes for me being bright eyed and bushy tailed. So yeah. <laughs> which is just me basically. We'll so. see. So uh we've got something a little different, not reviewy kinda this week. Um a little more a little more personal for you, but before that we will get into the little bit of nerdy news that there was this week. Not much, but a couple things happened. One, I know I've been talking a lot about Avengers Campus, but now they've had like media preview events and stuff like that. And reviews are starting to come out and there's all sorts of information about the the ride, the Spider-Man ride, and also like the restaurant, the Pym Cafe, where there's like giant food and tiny food and shit. There's one that's like a pim like chicken slider that's basically this huge fucking piece of chicken schnitzel on like a tiny little slider bun and you just eat it, you just eat it with like a knife and fork until you get to the middle. I'm on board. <laughs> and Why then there's there's also apparently some like $100 sandwich that's just like a huge fucking like Dagwood style sandwich that you you know you share with like eight people or some shit. There you go. Something to aspire to. Yeah, I mean, there's the only that. Well, there's two rides. There's the Spider-Man ride, ride that's called Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, and then there's a, a ride that's been there for a few years already. That they're kind of tech, technically calling part of this land, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which I haven't done yet, but looks like fun. I might actually get to go see this in the spring because I just found out that we're going to be going to a wedding in Palm Springs, California, next early March. Wait. Aren't we doing your vow renewal in January? Is that at the other park? Is Avengers Campus not at the park you're dragging me to? You fucking asshole! Uh, Galaxy's Edge is at the park in in Orlando, but no, it's oh. it's the whole. Um, there is a Galaxy's Edge attraction going in at Epcot Center. Uh, there's a, a roller coaster, but the thing is because. We've had this discussion. Marvel has Universal has the rights yeah, right. yeah, to yeah. all of Marvel characters east of the Mississippi, including Florida. So that, but so because they've got like that Marvel superhero island at Islands of Adventure that has an incredible Hulk coaster and a different Spider-Man ride yeah. and the Storm Force Accelotron and uh, Doctor Doom like drop tower and shit like that. So they've got all those rights. I don't know how long that lasts or if it's like in perpetuity until they give them up kind of thing or until disney fucking pays them a boatload of money to buy those rights away from them so i need to make a stop in la while i'm on that trip then that's what you're trying to say (laughs) yeah so so early early march i might be able to report back to you about the uh, avengers campus but and they also talked about like there's a lot of meet and greets obviously and and they all look pretty cool they've all got kind of their own little themed areas where you can meet and they've got like the door melage come out and do a little recruiting session and training session with people and shit and now i can't act confused and like lost when i end up in la instead of florida for your <laughs> bow renewal thing and be like wait you said the disney yeah i just went to disney I would love over the Avengers is because yeah. I assumed that would be the one you would send me to. I don't know why you would send me to the other one. Now I can't do that because it's been recorded. It's horseshit. <laughs> yeah, it's on the record now. Yeah. Oh, well. What else? The Netflix Jupiter's Legacy series that I think you started watching, didn't you? Oh, no, I watched the whole fucking thing. Oh, Jesus. I fast forward to the end of it, to be fair. But like, yeah. I, You're not going to have to watch a second season of it. Yeah, I heard. Because it has not been renewed for a second season. Uh, however, they have announced a second series in that same universe, uh, Super Crooks, which is based on the villains in that like Millerverse. Okay, I'm not watching it, so fine, whatever. <laughs> I, they, hey, I did one season of the other one. 
I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I haven't seen anything. I don't know. The weird part was, like, I like the comic. So, like, I don't know what to say at this point where it's like, I usually can sit through, like, a Molar. It's Miller. It's just Mark Miller. He hates it when you call him Millar. He's not supposed to call him Mark, <laughs> Mark Miller. And fucking spell it, Miller. Fuck, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, but, like, he gets all pissy about these things where people are like, oh, the, the, the adaptation is not as good as the book or, like, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, make them make them better on Netflix, I guess. Yeah. Either like get seriously, you know, invested in the productions or just fucking don't care. (laughs) Just take your paycheck and go. And even then the book was like, it was fine. It wasn't like amazing or anything like that, but it was like, it killed an afternoon. I was happy with it. But like the comic or the TV series did the polar opposite of that. It took up an entire night and I wanted it to end so badly. So many times. (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i was already leaning towards not ever watching that and now that i know it's only going to be one season it's kind of sealed the deal for me yeah i wasn't going back for a season two either way so i guess this is probably for the best yeah the god of war sequel has been pushed back now to 2022 uh basically santa monica is just saying yeah we want to put out a good game without fucking driving our workers into the ground which is good but. agreed um it also came out that it was going to be cross-platform or cross-gen i should say and it's going to be also released on ps4 which is kind of a bummer because i was kind of hoping that would be the first big like here's what the ps5 can fucking do boys you know what i mean kind of showcase and it looks like we're going to be waiting a little bit longer for that like only released on ps5 built from the ground up god of war experience if we ever get one at that point because they take so goddamn long to make it might be ps6 by the time they're fucking ready with uh god of war 3 or whatever the fuck they call it <laughs> yeah so i don't know Just anymore. Call it god of war again <laughs> yeah well i don't know what they're gonna do everybody will have forgotten this one or the first god well, it'll be by then the, it'll be the fucking, first slash fourth god of war by that it'll point be, yeah it'll be two gens old at that point too right like the first one will have been on came out on ps4 and we'll be looking at ps6 by the time like the third one's ready to come out so yeah. fucking like just know. just game numbering has just become an absolute disaster in the last oh my like, good decade god or so. like thank you mortal kombat yeah, mortal kombat and then like gta 5 has had like gta 5 like you know, eight different subtitles well, and shit like what's that. What's interesting about GTA five is that it's legitimately the same game every time, right? Like it's just GTA five, but they've released it now three generations running. It came out. I bought it originally for PlayStation three at the end of that generation, barely played it, played it all the way through on the PS four, because that's what kind of when I had like the time and in- inclination to finally sit down with it. And that was probably like what I would have considered at the time, kind of like the definitive version of it. But now they're just like, well, we're not ready with GTA six. So here's a new gen of systems. And here's a new version of GTA five that look that runs a little bit better. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> they haven't even patched fucking red dead to run at 60. I don't think on the new decks. And it's like, whatever, just putting GTA five out again. So much money. They made so much money on that fucking game. It's ridiculous. Like you had to look it up one day, like how much money just GTA five, not like Grand Theft Auto, but like just the fifth one is made billions and billions of dollars. Well, and on, on minimal reinvestment, right. On those like the online thing, it's just the online game that makes them the most money. Like that's why they don't do anything. Cause just like GTA online nets us like a small cash crop of like, like a fortune a year. I'm sure. Just because we let people fucking like kill hookers and shit. Do whatever they want, basically. It's crazy. So I don't know. We'll see. 
this gen's already a mess because of all the COVID shit. Who knows what's going to happen yeah. going forward. The only other news I had was that we got a release date for that Seth Rogen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animated reboot, which is like two years away. It's like August 2023. Oh, okay. You didn't see the Why the Last Man thing that just popped up? Oh, I did see... I mean, that's we knew that was happening, right? I, I yeah, there's I a date that was happening on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It launches uh, September 13th on FX and Hulu now. Okay, so, like it's actually like happening, happening like imminently. Also, I think there is an announcement for the the next season of Archer happens in August. Although I'd have to oh look at this. There's more stuff. What we do in Shadows begins season three on September 2nd. Also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all kinds of cool shit. I blame all this shit on the fact that io9 changed the fucking interface of their front page, so it's impossible uh, to agree. actually get actually fucking figure out what is happening now. And then your uh, your thing that show you like American Horror Story, July sixteenth, it looks like. Okay, that's that's pretty soon then. Good. Yeah. So it looks like there's actually some shit coming out to watch the next yeah. little while. The weird thing is, is that this is all going to be shit that's like filmed during COVID. Like I started watching the yeah. uh, fourth season, the last season of Black Lightning now, um, which one is cool because like a bunch of it was, I mean, they filmed a ton of it in our old neighborhood in Atlanta. Yeah. But it's also one of those shows where they're clearly like trying to incorporate the masks into some of the costumes and shit like that in weird ways that, you know, you can totally fucking tell like, okay, I get it. This was filmed during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I mean, on one hand, gr- good that we get, you know, some new stuff coming out finally, because it's been kind of quiet lately. But on the other hand, it's just that weird sort of disjointed COVID season shit. Yeah, I guess I guess like even as we kind of like get vaccinated and like move on with life, we'll probably be living with this in our entertainment for the foreseeable future because like people all have had to, was like film like last like late last year kind of thing yeah like all this stuff they have to do all that like they're doing all of the masking and stuff like that right like and mm-hmm. i guess i mean i didn't notice it i mean you notice it in falcon and winter soldier but i'm wondering if like in a vacuum you would notice it like otherwise like i don't know so well, well i guess we'll see as we like continue to get these things when I guess I can talk about it now because it's like fucking well past and all these things are all filmed now. But like, as our listeners know, I'm based in Toronto, but like my day job is I work in like the diagnostic testing industry. And one of the things that we've been selling or we we sell is one of the more popular COVID tests. And so I've been having like some of these productions actually like contact me and say like, hey, we want to buy your shit for uh, for our production and unfortunately we didn't have enough we weren't able to like supply them with them because we we're just kind of trying to keep all of the hospitals and stuff like that happy but but yeah like so i had like the production team for why the last man like contacting me and saying like hey can we get an instrument so we can like run covid tests on our cast and crew and shit like that and i was like i fucking wish that i could and then the titans production team as well because they were filming up in toronto too yeah, yeah that's right it's actually Handmaid's Tale uh, filmed a bunch this season near us, and uh, so I'm mm-hmm. like, it's starting to pop up on the on the show now. So I'm like, seeing bits of our neighborhood on TV all over yeah. the place. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot of that, man. Most of those Toronto neighborhoods are very popular now uh, yeah. for filming and stuff. So I recognize places like that, like I just hung out at. Yeah. On in movies and stuff where I'm like, is that like down the street from so and so's house? And it's like, oh yeah, when I went and look it up, it totally is. So I assume we'll just be adding your house to that list going forward <laughs> yeah. as all these productions continue <laughs> to happen. 
I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, but uh, the place where Georgie is sucked down to the sewer in it is like yeah. literally like two blocks away from us. Like Alicia and I walked past it the other day and you can tell like it was a fake sewer. So like they built it out from the curb mm-hmm. and they still have the cuts in the curb and the cement in the curb there where they haven't filled it back in yet. Okay. Yeah, I think you, I'm not sure if you mentioned it on the podcast, but you have mentioned it to me. So yeah. one, one way or the other, I knew about that, but yeah. I'm not sure if it was in chat or if it was in uh, on the actual show. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, yeah, you're going to be, there's a lot of stuff around you that like I is going to, yeah, you'll be seeing your shit on uh, yeah, TV I mean, a lot. Up here is good. Like our neighborhood is not like right in the middle of the city and there's plenty of like side streets that are quieter kind of thing. So they can film in an area that looks residential, even though it's in a big city that has all the infrastructure and shit that you need and all the production companies and stuff that are focused in this area so that you can have yeah. all that nearby, but still, you know, shoot in an area that looks kind of suburban. Plus like hot and cold running access to the airport was which is what they really want. Yeah, so. true. Yeah. I mean, we're like, yeah, we're one fucking we're one transit stop away from the airport where we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what they look for. I think a lot of the time too, it's just like, how fast yeah. can we get people to set an offset? You know, nope. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was everything I had. Did, was there anything else that I missed? Any other release dates? I mean, I mean like, quiet. no, it was pretty quiet this week. Like there was th- some video game news and stuff like that. And fucking Nvidia put out new graphics cards that nobody fucking got their hands on again. But <laughs> I don't know what the fuck anymore. Like they were on sale for about three seconds. I tried to, to get one of the new TIs, but like, no Yeah, Bitcoin bots all gone. I, I don't know who's fucking buying them anymore. Like at this point, it just, it feels like they got like five of them. Like Best Buy got five of them, like, <laughs> like for the whole country. And that's why they, for the whole world. You know, I, get, oh, I don't know anymore. Whatever, man. It's just like, everybody's just like, just wait till the 4,000 series. I'm like, Oh, I was waiting for that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, there's more shortage horse shit. So there you go. Yeah. You'll get one eventually. Oh yeah, when the forties come out, probably. Like when the the three the four thousand series. Next generation. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well with that we can move on to our Geek of the Week. Which is the segment of our podcast where we talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what's your geek of the week? Oh man, I finally got. Uh, I think we talked about Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection or whatever this game is called. I can't mm-hmm. remember anymore. Uh, came out for Switch. Yeah, it was Resurrection. Came out for PC this week, so I snagged it on Steam. It's 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 hard. Like it's old school <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins hard. I, I can just call it Ghouls and Ghosts. It's Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is what it's actually called. Ghouls and Ghosts, I think, is this, the Nintendo version of this franchise. Yeah. But yeah, so Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. It, it's cool. It looks good. It plays right. Does everything I would want it to do as a Ghosts and Goblins. Include be fucking viciously, like, you prick hard. <laughs> which it is. So, I mean... Do we need to have another rage quit episode sometime soon? <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, man. I'm I'm used to Ghosts and Goblins level of horse shittery at this point. So it's just kind of like I take it a chunk at a time. You know what I mean? And when I get frustrated, I go do something else because what are you going to do? But it, yeah, it, it plays the way you want it to, basically. I'm still playing Resident Evil Village also. It's just taking a while to get through. Uh, I've been busy with other stuff. I started a new poster this week, so I've been drawing Ooh. again. Yeah, well, I found out one of my favorite movies is coming out in 4K at the end of the summer, and I figure I should do my... I have this tribute poster in my head anyway for this movie, so I figure I should just get it fucking done while I'm inspired. So I'm drawing. I'm drawing. Lots of Transformers. Is it, so is it the, 80s, the 80s Dune movie? 
No. Uh, <laughs> is that coming out on 4K? Oh, that'd be, yeah, I'd, it is. <laughs> I'd watch that again, probably, on 4K. Uh, just to, before the, the new villain of one comes out. Fucking David Lynch Dune. Well, I'm sure that's why they're remastering oh, yeah, 4K, absolutely. is because they're trying to capitalize on the new villain new version. Absolutely, as well they should be. And I'll, I'll probably watch it again. Lord knows if I'll pay for it, but like I'll watch it Man, in 4K again. Fucking such a disaster. <laughs> oh, but it's one of those things where like... Yeah, it's a disaster, but like you have to watch it. It's like when we watched Masters of the Universe right before that He-Man miniseries happens or something like that, which is <laughs> something I'm planning on forcing you to do. <laughs> Production design on that movie was pretty good, though. Like they got the look and everything of, of Dune and Arrakis pretty good. Yeah, it was just uh, the I mean, the they story. Tried to, yeah, they tried to fucking cram like eight hours of story into like two and a half hours of movie or some shit. Yeah, also through a uh, David Lynch focused <laughs> lens, which is. I love like listen. I love me some David Lynch, you know, but like, not exactly the guy you you want to, you want to have directing your tight focus space opera adventure yeah. that's going to cost like fifty million dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not that guy probably. But no, I mean that move. I'm looking forward to what's it called? Dune. Dune. That's the one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's only four letters, Mark. No, I was thinking about the other movie I was talking about, which was actually the Transformers, the original, like. An- oh, animated yeah. movie like that's coming out in 4k and got announced for like august so i was like i'm gonna get my poster done for it but yeah dune when's dune out uh october or something i think october okay yeah. maybe i'll do a dune one too i can't fucking wait to like be fully vaxxed and get to start going and seeing fucking movies in the theater oh again God, i miss movie theaters yeah i was thinking about that which i was actually my cousin came over to do like gas line stuff that i won't do basically kind of stuff. You don't want to blow up your parents' house. I don't want to blow up the house. Yeah. So I was like, (laughs) no, that's cool. But he was like, man, it'd be nice to just like get together and watch a pay-per-view. And I was like, fuck, I didn't even thought about that. Like, you know, you're just like having beers at somebody's house kind of thing. I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. So yeah, we, we had my parents over like just for like an outside socially distanced thing on my birthday last Friday. And uh, that was like the first time I'd hung out with anybody outside of our house in person since fucking October first time i'd seen them in person since october i was trying to think the last time i like hung out with people outside the house like i go see my grandparents on a fairly regular clip but that's more because i'm like helping them with shit (laughs) yeah there's that so uh yeah i don't know but yeah it will be nice to get back to real life now and like especially with movies coming out like i would like to get back to the theater and you know yeah exist like i used to exist i guess (laughs) the big old fucking tub of soda and popcorn I don't usually don't do the popcorn, but the sodas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eat that large Coke, man. You got to get through the movie somehow. So. Yeah. so my geek of the week is also gaming related. I finally started playing the remastered version of Spider-Man on my PS5. Holy shit. It looks good. Sounds great. Plays great. And it's just real fucking fun to zip around New York with the webhead. I mean, I'm basically at about the same point that I was when I stopped playing at your place, but I've been doing a little bit more of the exploring and getting like the backpacks and landmarks and shit like that. You're having fun though. As long as you're having fun with it. That's yeah, all no, I, I've been playing on like the, not the easiest setting, but like the second easiest setting, just cause this is like my first big old fucking like triple a game. I don't want to fucking hate myself playing it. That one was pretty manageable all through all the difficulties for yeah. me. Uh, I just finished it again on the ultimate difficulty to clear out the trophies. There was one trophy that required an ultimate playthrough and I, I was like, I'm not sure how, like, if I'm going to be able to do this. And I ended up being able to, like, basically zip through it and get the trophy in, like, a day and a half. Yeah. Kind of doing it the fast way. But 
Well, when you do that, do you have to like recollect all the all the tokens and shit like that, or do you get to like start with all the suits and powers and everything? Oh yeah, because those like yeah. those make the game so much more fucking playable. Like Web Blossom is my new best friend in this version oh, of the game. Like yeah. if I if I get stuck in the middle of a fucking mob, I'll just like be like, oh fucking Web Blossom. There's 18 guys down. That uh, that is a very effective early game tactic. Uh, it, yeah, that was one of the ones that people were like, uh, this one's broken because like it makes the early game way too easy to get through. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not complaining because, yeah, uh, it comes in handy on the harder difficulties having. Especially those like fights when there's like six or seven fucking waves of dudes coming through and you're like, all right, like. I was okay with taking the first few waves down like one or two at a time, but now I'm just getting fucking bored. Just let me, yeah. ju- let me just wreck all these guys at once. And yeah. Fucking- I'm big on like the, the taser webs, like the electric webs, like just get everybody shocked yeah. and then just start beating them. Cause then you can just beat them. <laughs> Cause they're, they, they can't do nothing. They're pissing their pants. They're getting electrocuted anyway. <laughs> so now you just get to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I love that. Like those Spider-Man games, like we did an episode about them uh, or yeah. about it when the game actually originally came out for PS4 and like Christy and Mark and I were all like, yeah, it's fucking dope. We were having a good time. I'm glad Tim's away this week so we could talk about this is basically where we were at that week. <laughs> yeah. And we're, I'm glad you're catching up. So we'll be able to like do more well, contemporary gaming stuff. Yeah, because like I'm getting to play the really pretty remastered version and I've got a plan on like the locked 60 FPS uh settings and everything and fucking ps5s churning that shit out yeah no it's uh that machine both of these machines crank like they they run the everything real nice Uh, i haven't had any hiccups on either system that have been like oh my god like fucking take it back and fucking fix this (laughs) horse shit kind of thing which is is good for this early in the generation to not be having like uh, incessant crashes or like you know games that just jank out because you know the software and hardware is all fucking brand spanking new right off the you know assembly line kind of stuff so that's why i usually wait till around now to start buying the the console anyway right just for that you never know what that first batch of these fucking things is gonna be (laughs) yeah early build always kind of makes me super leery so yeah but no i'm glad you're having a good time with it there's lots of stuff and i made you buy a game that came out for free this month and everything so <laughs> i feel like sometimes. i wasn't really getting the full uh playstation experience until i accidentally, just got it accidentally bought some shit that then came out on uh, playstation plus for free the next month yeah you just got it yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> oh well yeah no that'll happen I've, it's happened to me a dozen times uh just well, i mean i bought i bought all that shit for like may the 4th because it was yeah it was star wars squadrons which uh, came out free this month but last month was like it was like eight or nine bucks or something like that I was say, it was like a ten dollar sale or something like yeah, that right exactly. yeah yeah no that's cool cool nice all right we can move on to our meat of the episode left behind meat uh, so like I said, we're doing something a little bit uh, out of the ordinary this week. When you've been nerds for as long as Mark and I have, a.k.a. when you're as old as Mark and I am. Oh, uh, God, stop. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to Cause, me? Because I turned 40, Mark, you, and oh, you haven't yet, but you will no. soon. Uh, but there, there are some things that just end up kind of falling by the wayside for whatever reason. Either like you grow out of it or you don't have enough free time to keep pursuing it or other things are taking up more of your time or whatever. So I thought it might be interesting to kind of talk about the geeky hobbies that we've kind of let fall by the wayside over the years, whether it's, you know, fucking little kid, like grade school kind of stuff or high school or college or whatever. So kind of like how old we were when we were into it, like what it was that 
made us leave it behind, whether it was like a conscious decision or just kind of fucking happened or whatever. And then like, if it's something that, you know, in a perfect world, you might want to go back to someday. So let's start with Mark. Mark, what's one of your, your like laps to nerderies? Well, I think we start, I think we could just, we should start with a shared one. We both have built models in the past. That was my first one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like a little bit of that. And I find it's not so much that like I gave it up so much as that it kind of transferred into different things kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, when I was a kid, I would like, people would buy them for me or I buy them for myself. But like, I was super into building like, I mean, obviously I was into building like Star Trek shit, right? Like why? building ships and stuff like that like starships so but like i built an x-wing and i built you know i built fuck every enterprise i could get my hands on because <laughs> that was my stuff i like i built a deep space nine in a runabout and like i had a warbird like a romulan ship and i'm sure i had a couple other ones but like as i got to like even oh fuck like into my early teens like it just kind of fell away i really started concentrating on my illustration a lot at that point too which is probably where like all my hobbies kind of ver- re- like kind of converged into converged into drawing basically because like even the model making i'm not so much that i gave it up is that it just became like me doing my 3d models and stuff like that now like i've mm-hmm. kind of ported it to digital where like now i'm building everything like i'm not even it's not even like i get the pre-assembled pieces to put together now i'm building literally everything in 3d to put together to use for yeah. illustration work and stuff so it's more like Less that I gave, I gave up like building the physical models and I, now I just buy them pre-made. Right. So like it has <laughs> kind of become a thing where like, I still kind of do it cause I still have, I mean, they're not here because I'm in a temporary lodging basically right now, but I have like my pre-built ships, like the diamond select. Yeah. Like the ones you used to have like hanging in your office and stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then like, I kind of consider my masterpiece transformers more like statues than I consider them toys really. Like, so they kind of, when I have the space, they usually go up in my office also. Like I'll have my prime and Galvatrons and shit like that up, Mm -hmm. but that way I don't have to put them together myself. And also those ones transform, which is way cooler than even just a statue. Right. So, (laughs) so yeah, like there was the modeling, like a little bit when I was a kid, uh, that has just kind of transformed into other things. No, no pun intended, obviously with the, transformer stuff but yeah it, like mark said that's one that i was into quite a bit when i was younger as well like really when i was i guess like started probably when i was even like seven or eight or something like that yeah, but it was yeah it was something my dad was into and also my uh, papa on my, my my mom's father also did um yeah. so like you know it was one of those things that i saw them doing was like this looks like fun you know I, this is like kind of next step for me doing little fucking kitty puzzles and shit like that yep and so my dad still to this day has like half a room dedicated to model making in their house like he would doesn't do it as much anymore but he used to do it like late into the night you know after everybody had gone to bed he'd go up there and work on stuff and uh, i think part of it is my dad my dad's a big fucking gadget guy so he loves buying all the special little like tools and shit like that yeah, all, well, all that the was the, that's part of the problem, like, even with illustration, where, like, I sometimes I'm more interested in, like, the toys that I used to do yeah. it or, like, the software, especially now where it's, like, a completely digital thing where I'm, like, I could t- try different softwares to do it. I'm, like, oh, I'm buying an iPad to try drawing on that because it's a different drawing experience. Like, yeah. it turns into, it starts to feed my tech nerd kind of side also right like yeah even like that like the building part of modeling like i love building computers like that's become one of my main things just like building maintaining yeah. you know suggesting other people's builds like doing all that kind of stuff and that probably stems from 
a similar place from like the model building. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my dad also used to just love buying models. And mm-hmm. at one point, like he had a whole part of our attic that was just full of like unmade models. And like, we would joke that his hobby had basically become just buying them, opening the box, looking at all the parts, putting them back in the box and then putting them away. I mean, they never actually get made. That's kind of like a, some video gamers are like that now where it's like <laughs> the hobby's actually buying the games, not really playing them collecting, anymore. Collecting the games yeah yeah that you don't play and you never end up having the time to play yeah. so i mean i think that's just kind of being an adult like you have the, the greatest intentions of doing all this stuff and yeah you know you spend your money on it and then it just sits there right so yeah and i mean so when i was like you know young and i started expressing interest in it my dad started buying me like the little the like easy snap together mm-hmm. ones kind of thing and then i just kept doing it like along with him probably almost until i was in high school he like set aside part of his workbench for me and like gave me like my own set of knives and like some some of my own paints and shit like that so i could kind of fuck around with stuff and not be messing up his good shit yeah absolutely uh, yeah because <laughs> well, you don't want your fucking kid ruining your fucking hobby stuff you know what yeah, i mean like, exactly no so but i know i have a lot of good memories like just sitting there making models with him for me it was mostly cars and planes Hmm. eventually we did like some I, like i think i maybe did a couple that were like buildings and stuff like that but it was mostly cars and, and you know like world war ii planes and shit like that eventually we did a couple that were like pretty intricate like some of the last ones that we did and a couple that we kind of made together and he kind of helped me with the one that i think we kind of spent the most time with uh, was a a white lamborghini countach Nice. We like took cool. the time and like spray painted like a bunch of the parts and everything. And like that, that was kind of like my, you know, every kid's got like their dream car or whatever. Like that was like my dream car growing up was I would never probably want to own a Countach today, but yeah, no. back then they seemed like super fucking cool. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, I, I know. Cause I built, uh, I built the Batmobile, like the 89 Batmobile at one point and like did the yeah. whole painted the whole fucking thing and all yeah. that shit well my dad had like a whole is, fucking yeah. like uh, a whole fucking spray painting setup in our basement too like where mm-hmm. you take the stuff down and like spray you know and you can airbrush do, like very yeah airbrush uh yeah exactly the airbrushing airbrushing is actually a, a skill that i had like i learned it in college because they required you to learn airbrushing mm-hmm. when i went to school for graphic design and illustration because that's what you used back then right it was like airbrushing mm-hmm. so i learned how to airbrush properly like cutting frisket and like i know how to do the whole thing I literally, as soon as I left school, everything went digital. So I never, (laughs) ever actually had to use a real airbrush in (laughs) practice. But like I spent three or four years training with it kind of thing, like at school and like on my own, just like honing the skill. And then just being like, I stopped making models, which is one of the reasons. And then I'm like, it stopped being a factor in my illustration. And now it's especially super stopped being a factor in my illustration as I've gone like just 100% digital. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, like the airbrushing, which was kind of like, I was like, I remember when I first got the airbrush to go to school with, I was like, oh, this would be really handy if I wanted to get back in the model building. And then, yeah, like just never happened. <laughs> and then like I used the airbrush for like the two years I was in school and then like a year afterwards. And I was like, nobody's ever asked me to use this thing. And like, I never really had a use for it. And the things just fucking jam constantly. Like, oh, God, there's such, a pain, such a pain in the balls to maintain. Oh, my God. You have no idea how big a pain in the ass that thing was to maintain. You spray the fucking, like, solvent and cleaner through it every time that you're done using it and everything. If you don't, it fucking takes forever to clean yeah, it. Yeah, you pull the whole fucking thing apart. And and like, oh, my yeah. God. I don't miss that part of it. Yeah, all the, col- and the cones will crack on you if you put too much pressure through them and stuff like that. I remember I had one of yeah. those things just, like, pop because the guy at the fucking... Uh, I was at school, like I hooked up to the air at the school. It was like a, a centralized kind of ceiling kind of thing from the ceiling yeah. thing. I popped in and I hit, I hit it one time and I hear tink 
as like the inside of my airbrush like exploded because like the air pressure hit the cone and just fucking burst the cone inside there. And these cones are finely pieced, like finely shaved pieces of copper, basically, right? Yeah. So it was just like a, a, basically a small grenade had gone off inside my airbrush. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I got. I don't know where to get. I don't even know where to get a replacement cone at this point, you know. So I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Hobby shops have. I mean, there's still a few out there, but there's not. I mean, every little town used to have one. Like Brantford yeah, used to well, have multiple I, when I was growing up. I used to have to drive to because uh, the hobby shop in St. Catharines was terrible, and like we used to end up having to go to Hamilton for like curries, like to go to curries yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Even when I was buying like drafting tools, like later when I was in college and stuff, I still had ended up in Hamilton and Toronto to buy like French curves and shit like that because it's just you couldn't find them down here, and it was pre like now I just go on fucking Amazon, you know what I mean? Buy yeah. fucking French curves till the goddamn cows come home, and they'll all be like three cents because it's just printed plastic at this point. But yeah. back then, man, oh boy, those French curves were like <laughs> eighty bucks or some shit like that for like the small kid. Fuck, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and I remember it. It's it could be a pretty fucking dangerous hobby. I I cut myself pretty fucking deep once with an exacto knife. Those things don't fuck around. Have I ever told you the, the really bad utility knife story from when I was in? I don't know. I don't think so. Design school. So like, it's just. I might even cut this out of the episode because it's totally pointless. <laughs> but like, it back then everything was done on boards or something like that, right? It's like we were drawing by hand on boards and you had to cut the illustration board and like it was really thick board. So you'd have to go add it a little bit with the yeah. utility knife, like do a couple nice couple clean passes. kind of passes yeah. to get it, whatever. And I was sitting next to this idiot and I was in like an, an empty class, right? Like just doing work kind of thing. Like it was an, an empty class where you could sit down and like have a drafting desk to work at. So I was in an, an extra period and I'm watching this fucking moron cutting like trying to cut it as fast as possible and he hinked it and it went up his hand like right at the web of your thumb and forefinger and yeah. shot but this is a utility knife not just a yeah. fucking exacto knife like a full bore utility knife all the way up into like kind of about maybe like a third the way up his wrist kind of thing oh brutal he fucking cut his tendons all up just sliced himself <laughs> up his spotting blood all because what what i realized was i got wet like warm wet across my face because i was <laughs> we sitting wearing, like just, headphones or something and couldn't hear yeah them. man i was i was yeah, yeah i was because yeah i was working right so i'm sitting there drawing and all of a sudden i get kind of like hit with warm wet spray and i'd look over oh, i just see great. red and so like instinctively i grabbed my i just bought this hoodie I was oh you show. did tell me this story I bought a, a hoodie at a Matthew Good show, which fine, fucking now it's bled on. I don't give a shit. But like, um, and I basically had it sitting on the desk next to me, grabbed it, wrapped the guy's arm and like screamed, like call fucking 911, do this whole bit, like the whole thing. And it basically like me wrapping his hand that quickly basically saved his hand. Like he yeah. was, they were able to like really Put quickly like, on it. it all together and the pressure was on and all that kind of stuff. But like, I just reacted, <laughs> but I didn't realize till like 10 minutes later that I was just fucking just like covered covered in blood yeah. like i had a, a slash of blood going from like my hairline to like basically my hip like just, just look like a fucking down. serial killer well I looked, yeah i looked like i just cut a fucking like i was you know i don't know cutting steer open or some shit like that <laughs> like i was out on the hunt and i slashed an animal or some shit it was brutal yeah so dude like freaked out and whatever so i was like from then on i was like you know what utility knives not for me no uh, you gotta be careful with those fucking things well, it was like, it was one of those things where I was like, wait, can we do this 
all digitally now is what you're trying to tell me. I don't have to cut an illustration board. I can just open a document in Photoshop. Like that was probably one of those things that kind of set me on the, I don't need to have a huge fucking workspace to like in a massive cutting board and everything. Yeah. Well, it means I don't have to use knives on a daily basis to draw and B, I don't have to be in a, in a space, a shared workspace where some idiot is going to be next to me doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, With me, it was like, I was, uh, I was cutting like, I don't. Oh, I think what it was is, um, you know how like the tires for cars would sometimes have a little bit of like extra like a little rubber, yeah. yeah, in the middle. Yep. And so I was like shaving that off, and my fucking hand slipped, and Oof. I like went straight into my fucking thumb, like deep, and it yep. like started like spurting yep. blood. And like I ran to the bathroom, which is like just down the hall from from the modeling room, and <laughs> was like freaking out because there was so much blood. And I started like. You know how like kids when they fucking like freak out start like shaking. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so like I started shock. like freaking out a little bit and I started like shaking my thumb a little. So there's like blood just getting all over the ceiling and shit <laughs> like that. That, bathroom, that bathroom. It didn't end up needing like stitches or anything because like we uh, just like it was it was a clean cut. So they just like yeah, fucking, well, you know, exacto like, knives are like yeah they just you just tape them shut basically and yeah, they, they'll exactly. self heal. So, so so it healed up. I don't even think I could tell you like. I think it was probably my left hand, but like, there's no scar or anything like that for sure. right now. So, Lucky you. but yeah, so, but it was, it was fucking like the ton of blood. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a lot of hobbies that were like by hand hobbies that have become digital hobbies, I think more than anything. And a lot of it is probably just like, this requires me to use a knife or some variety of chemicals at all points. <laughs> like even airbrushing, like you're, you're spraying aerosol paint into the air. Like you're wearing a mask, but like, who the fuck knows what you're inhaling, right? So yeah. unless of that shit I can do, the better, I guess. Yes. I think one of the things that I liked about like tactile hands-on scale modeling that you don't really get from a digital version of it is just that it is, it can be pretty like therapeutic. It's one of those yeah. things where you can like kind of focus in just on one thing and kind of just switch off your brain and push everything else out kind of thing. Cause it's kind of, you know, I got to fucking keep my hand really steady. Like I got to make sure that these two pieces go exactly together because once the glue sets, I'm fucked and that kind of thing. You're still describing all the mindset that goes through me drawing, basically. (laughs) It allows me to, like, do that dropout, and, like, I'm just concentrating on that one thing. So, But, I mean, ultimately, in my case, like, my dad and I kind of both lost interest in it. Like, with me, he moved on to kind of, like, full-scale models. Like, he started, like, restoring cars and motorcycles and shit like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I... I started getting more into like music and comics and shit like that once I got towards high school. So like I kind of lost interest in that too. And the other thing for it with me that kind of made me drop away from it is it's, it's kind of the hobby. One of those kind of hobbies where you, you end up with something at the end, like you have the model at the end that you feel like you need to like display or something like that. And you can, you know, only you just keep accumulating indefinitely as you continue to make things and yeah so it's it's kind of a hoarder hobby so like i you know i think it is something that i might consider taking up again at some degree in the future like a spe- you know if i was like had all the fucking time in the world kind of thing but i would only do it like if i had a bigger house and had like a decent amount of space that i could properly display them fair yeah i think i've just relegated my entire existence to the digital realm at this point so like everything I do now is just kind of gone to the computer. So yeah, 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 and like a lot of these like end up being subsumed by something else. Basically, like a lot of them just kind of become part of my illustration practice or whatever. So yeah, all right. So that was your first one, but it's also kind of my first one. Let's see. Let me go with one of one of my other ones that I 
don't think you probably have in common. But for me, it was playing music, but like specifically in like symphony orchestras. Yeah, I see. I have the same thing, except it was like being in a band. Uh, yeah, which is something yeah that I have that as me. well, but. So that was my more my main thing. The way you play in symphony is probably more your main thing, though. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, both like I miss both for sure. And if I got back into one, it would probably be playing in a band rather than like playing in an orchestra. Yeah, because it's just a lot more casual and a lot kind of lower pressure kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I started out in high school playing. I mean, I took like piano lessons growing up and like knew how to read Didn't music from that. And so started playing like guitar, like grade seven, grade eight, um, just like acoustic guitar. And then when I got into high school, I uh, picked up um, it like I took in high school. I took music and I played double bass and electric bass and played like in our concert band in high school, like starting in grade 10 up until when I graduated and then towards the end of high school, I also started taking some private lessons for double bass in particular, basically because you know, when you've got like a high school music teacher, they can't teach you everything about every instrument, right? They only know, you know, they know the, the instruments that they play very well, but there are other peripheral instruments that they know kind of the basics of. But like my music teacher in high school wasn't a string player, so he couldn't teach me shit about like how to actually like properly bow a bass like, he, you know, so I didn't. I had a similar thing with drums where like my high school music teacher, like he really encouraged me to play because he's like, you, you like I took to it kind of naturally, mm-hmm. but he was like, I have no, like, I can't help you with this. Cause it's like a completely separate. He played woodwindy instruments kind of thing. Like a lot of yeah, same here. Like, yeah, my, my so, music teachers played like clarinet and uh, trumpet yeah. where they're like primary instruments. So yeah. So he gave me, basically gave me the name of one of my classmates, older brothers who did like drum oh, instructions. And I, I took a couple lessons from him at school just because I wanted to learn more. Obviously that's the, like the fundamentals of me playing drums comes from like that. My music teacher recommending, I can't remember the guy's name anymore. I remember the girl's name cause she was cute, but like, I can't remember the guy anymore, <laughs> uh, like her brother. But yeah, he taught me like the basics of that kind of thing that way. So yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. It's tricky with that kind of thing, right? Like with the high school teachers, not really knowing yeah. specific things. Like if you're into something that they're not into, it's hard for them to kind of like translate that. So yeah, exactly. I mean, like they had a bow for the bass, but like they didn't really know, you know, the proper techniques and shit like that. So, you know, you get to a point where like, you know, it's, we can't really teach you anything more. So if you want to like learn more in terms of technique beyond what you're doing right now, you should probably get private lessons. So I did that for maybe a couple of years with this local guy that actually played in the Hamilton Philharmonic Orchestra, but um, taught lessons out of his house in Brantford. So I took lessons with him like, yeah, through the last couple of years. And I also played in the Brantford Youth Symphony Orchestra for a couple of years too, which was just like Saturday morning rehearsals and then like a few concerts a year kind of thing. And they were pretty good. Yeah, those things always yeah. require like an actual time commitment that I'm yeah. just like never interested in like <laughs> committing to. Whereas like, I yeah, being in a band is a lot more like casual. And also you get to be like, as the drummer, you're always kind of at home. So you basically, yeah, they exactly. got to come to you. They come to you to the kit. Yeah, so basically, like anybody who's late, it's like you get to give them shit because, like, I was here, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no matter what. So, yeah, then when I moved to Hamilton uh, and started going to McMaster for undergrad, I started playing double bass in the Hamilton Philharmonic Orchestra because my, my teacher was in that orchestra and he was like, Yeah, we could use another player. So, you know, you want to come play. And I, I did that for just like a couple of seasons. It is really quite an experience to play with a group that size and like be playing, you know, pretty advanced pieces like we were playing like fucking like beethoven and fucking like 
you know, high, like difficult classical music kind of thing. I did uh, I did a fill in weekend on Tommy once that I like even just learning that on the kit was bad enough. At and like Master? playing with that. Ah, uh, no, God, no, oh, okay. down here. <laughs> yeah, no, not a, no. Well, I'm going to talk about that later. <sighs> but yeah, but but part of part of the issue was like I was playing like the second chair bass, like not the the lead parts in the, the Hamilton Philharmonic, and like I. I was realizing that I was like just starting to get out of my depth. And like, these were pieces that I was having trouble keeping up with, especially like if I wasn't dedicating a lot of time to practicing. And so like, I just got to the point where I realized like if I were to keep going, it would basically be like the only extracurricular kind of thing that I would have time to do. And I just, I wasn't feeling that. So yeah, I just kind of let it go. But it's another one that if I had infinite time, I wouldn't mind getting back into someday because I, I do still have my like my own when I went off to university, like I got a, an award when I graduated high school that came with some money and I used that to buy like a cheap like student double bass that I took with me to, to university. Mm-hmm. And so I still have that like I still have my own double bass and I still have my electric bass and shit too. Um, the electric bass would be easier to pick back up because yeah doesn't require like the fucking all the technique of bowing and everything as well yeah so but maybe maybe someday we'll see yeah mine's kind of similar because like yeah like i played in bands all the time so like it was something that i dropped basically because of time and like commuting and stuff like that i would go i don't know if i'd go back to it at this point like just the organization that was required to get like three or four people <laughs> together. Well, it's also like, you've got to have the personalities that mesh well too. Right. Or else yeah. you'll just like fucking fight all the goddamn time. Like you got to have people that are in it for the same reasons you are. Like there's some people that are going to be in it, like, and be like, I want to be fucking famous and shit, or I want to get laid or you want to have be like, I feel like you and me probably just want to be with people like, yeah, I just want to fucking jam around and play good music and shit like that. Yeah. Like, play, there's play, that. Play, a lot of it. A lot of it with me was more just like when we were writing originals, like we were in all different directions and all that kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I really, I have a specific style that I like, so that I would like kind of try and write in. And it, it's always like you signed up with me for or like, we're working together for a reason. And like, we know what our mutual interests are. So like, why are we trying to do pop shit when like, <laughs> yeah, you're in a band with a guy who wants to be in the Deftones. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense either way. So yeah, it was just one of those things where like just time and like, because it requires so much other outside input, it became trickier and trickier to like put it together. And like, it stopped being about like, yes, now I would probably be able to go back and like make it be like, Oh, I'm just having fun with this and jamming. And like, yeah, we'd be picking some covers we like and doing that kind of thing. Um, But back then it was more like, I don't know if I was going to take it seriously. I want to take it seriously kind of thing. And the band like the people who wanted to work with me were not doing that kind of stuff and i was just like i'm not into any of this anymore <laughs> yeah for so us it work. was it was like there were clearly a lot of songs that we really did like playing together and, and enjoyed and kind of everybody liked but then there were also the ones where you know it was clearly we were like accommodating somebody like you yeah know, there was like somebody really wants to play this song and so like i would always try and sort of give it my all regardless of what we were playing but our guitarist especially you could tell if he wasn't enthusiastic about it like he just wouldn't bother to like learn the part properly or like yeah so he was a fucking amazing guitarist for you know being a fucking high school kid yeah he played like amazing he did like amazing solos for like classic rock and shit like that or even like a lot of alternative stuff but uh yeah when you got to like me wanting to do like a weezer song like el scorcho or something like that he would like just never bother like the solos would just fall apart because he was just like i don't care yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that could happen like on the drums too. You know, like if you if it's like 
hey, I want to do name super boring insert you know whatever like four on the floor semi-charmed like, life or some shit <laughs> yeah something where like I'm, I'm doing the same like fucking part for the entire time and i don't like the song to begin with <laughs> it's just like I'm, I'm doing this for you guys you know what i mean so like don't be expecting you know me to i'm not danny carey back here right now you know like i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm keeping time i'm not fucking flashing yeah, I'm it doing, up I'm, d- I'm doing a ringo on this one yeah, well, basically, yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> like when you start realizing you're just mostly doing a Ringo all the time, it's time to just kind of like it becomes a hobby at that point, right? Like I've still got my kid. I still play. It's just I just play the stuff that I want to play and I don't bother doing the thing where I've tried to force myself into a room with other people to do yeah. it. And like obviously COVID kind of like shot any like any of that <laughs> kind of stuff into the fucking ground anyway. So yeah. someday way. we'll get get to play together just to fuck around i have so many fucking friends who are bass players and shit and they're like oh we should jam sometime i'm like great absolutely (laughs) (laughs) but my uh our drum player in our band is act was actually like massively talented too he came from like a uh, both of his older brothers i think played drums too and he's actually a music teacher now in brantford uh, one of the high schools and like he's still got he's also really talented piano player as well he plays keys in a little like indie folk kind of band uh as well called the tree line if anybody's into indie folk and wants to look them up cool yeah no the only other musical thing i had is like i've 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 bought myself a guitar five times probably (laughs) in my life and i've just i've never learned how to play even like in high school when it was part of the curriculum i never learned how to fucking play because i was always (laughs) i always ended up on the drums for those classes right because yeah. i was one of the only drummers around so everybody needed a drummer to record their little like projects or whatever so i'd end up just tracking all the time on the <laughs> kit and then you know never really learning how to play guitar past like a couple chords that i never remembered and it's one of those regrets because i'm like i'm getting to the point where i'm like i'm not sure if my old ass arthritic hands will be able to deal with learning guitar at this point <laughs> and i'm like well that might be one of those ones that just slipped me by you know <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, the the few times that I've picked up bass in like the last five years or something like that, like I've I've fallen back into it okay. The main issue is just the calluses. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. you know my, my fingers get sore after playing for not very long. So you really do need to play like you know I'd say Regularly. at least on a weekly basis kind of thing yeah. a little bit in order to to get those calluses such that it doesn't just kill your fingers when when you do play. Yeah, it's the same with the kit, like even just playing drums, like holding the sticks and stuff like that. Even just like 45 minutes on a practice pad, like twice a week, will keep your calluses in place enough so that when you do sit down and like hit, actually hit the kit, it's not like I can wear a hole in my thumb in about an hour of like solid playing if I don't have a callus built up properly on it. And yeah, then I'm, then I can't do anything with it for like three days because there's a (laughs) big gaping fucking hole in my thumb pad and it's doesn't really work out super well for me, but Yeah. yeah. So what, what was your high school band name? Oh, which one? There was Red Mosquito. <laughs> I was in so many things. There's a problem with being the drummer, right? And being one of the few drummers in town was that like I was in every band. <laughs> and I never really considered any of them my main one until much later. There was, the, oh God, the one I was in, the last one I remember being in that we spent like a lot of time and like actually played a ton of shows was called The Mean Seasons. And that was probably like 2000 and like, 11 or something like that or 12 somewhere in there was the last time i seriously like played in a yeah. band because right after that i moved like to milton or burlington or whatever and like i had the kit but like fuck it. and then i had to find a whole new band to play with up there what's just not happening <laughs> yeah um i had way too easy access to like every show on the planet at that point like 20 minutes from my house yeah. which is like the hobby that kind of took over me playing shows I was just going to shows like crazy while i was up there because yeah, I was right next to Toronto and could drive into the city in 20 minutes and be at 
almost every venue in the city within a half an hour. So yeah, yeah. I only, we only had the one and it was uh we were fiduciary merchant which was one of those just like we need a band name because we have a show let's get a fucking dictionary and like yep. pick two words kind of thing which we ended up shortening to fiduch f-i-d-u-c-h which is to this day my fucking username for <laughs> all sorts of shit <laughs> we must have i must have named 30 fucking cover bands after different like pearl jam and u2 songs just because like you just need a, a name real something, quick and it's yeah. like something yeah all that kind of shit because you never play i was never playing with the same people like consistently either it was always like bouncing around and yeah like with us we thing. played we played together for a few years i guess but yeah ultimately it was just like i think it was basically that like i had moved i was moving away to university and like the other guys the drummer and the guitarist uh both went off to university the year after and we all went sort of different directions. So like, mm-hmm. it just never really was able to work after that. Like we got together maybe once or twice and just fucked around like while we were in our first couple of years of university, but you know, never really were able to get it to work on a regular basis after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like the story of all of the, all, every band that I've yeah. ever been in just eventually like fall apart. Like the last one was just like, actually the last one was like a funny story where it was like, they were friends of Paul's kind of, that I they, they they asked me to join because I play drums right, and basically wanted me to be in a folk pop band, Oof. and like they just hired they'd hired a guitar player too, and both of he and I were like into like more maybe not as metally as what I like for the most part, but like he was more into like Arctic Monkeys and like a, a more harder. punkier, a little bit harder, right? And then like I obviously was like you know I'm a Soundgarden fucking Deftones Tool kind of guy, so I was like giving those records to him and he was getting influenced <laughs> by it. So like I was accidentally making him want the band to be heavier. So he and I would always be kind of fighting with the other two who really <laughs> wanted it to be like a tweet pop punk or pop kind of chamber pop kind of thing. Mm. And yeah, it started to like, we, cause we wanted to go do like, you know, yeah, like alternative metal. And they were like, we're not interested in doing that at all. And I was like, well, <laughs> this isn't going to work then. Cause I don't think I want to be in like a tweet chamber pop band. So sorry yeah. guys, <laughs> not my scene. <laughs> Literally like the one time I played a chair because they didn't want to bring a kid in. They were like, Oh, can you just do like alternative kind of percussion? And I was like, I'm not happy with this at all. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my last one is one I know that Mark will have no fucking overlap with. And it is something <laughs> we've talked about on the podcast before, but it's like uh, drama and musical theater. So I, I did like this one. I, you know, kind of goes back to grade school in a way like, you know, every fucking kid is in a play in grade school or whatever. But it was really more in high school. In grade nine, I had like a minor role in our high school's production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, where I played one of the brothers, Naphtali, for anybody that remembers, like just one of like 12 or something like that. It is 12. I remember the show. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, I was a pirate in our production of Peter Pan. And like, this is at St. John's college in Brantford where like our musical theater productions for a certain period, including this period where we did these, uh, this, uh, just this Joseph amazing technical technicolor dream code and Peter Pan were kind of like locally famous. And we would actually hold them like not at the school, but at the big local theater, which sat, I don't know exactly what, how big it was, but this it's called the Sanderson center, but it was like a legit, like, beautiful fucking theater and we'd sell out like five or six shows like people would come that you know normally it's just like friends and family and shit like that like no people would actually come in from the community and from like other schools and shit like that because they wanted to see it uh, see these because like they put them i don't know how they 
made it work, but the director that who was one of our English teachers was just able to mount these massive fucking productions that had like genuinely impressive sets for a fucking high school theater anyways. Yeah. And then in high school also, I did like a couple just like straight drama productions, like one year when they would only do these big musical theater shows like every two years. And so one year in between they did, I, I was put in one of our high school's entries into the Sears drama festival. Did your high school do the Sears drama yeah. festival shows? Too? I actually did uh, lighting for our entry the one year. Oh yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, I got uh, I got basically like co opted into it, right? Like everybody knew I was tech guy, yeah, and I was not involved at all. And like their the lighting person like died or something. I don't know what happened. The lighting <laughs> person just disappeared, and so one of the the girl who was directing the play, like was like, "Hey, I have a favor to ask you," and I was like, "Sure, what's up?" Uh, cause she was really hot. So I was like, okay, what do you want? And she's like, I need you to do the lighting for the play. And I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> no, I have too much other shit to do. I don't have the fucking time. And I got, yeah, I totally got roped into it. Like guilted into it by like 14 <laughs> different people. Eric included. I think he was one of the people in the play. So he guilted me too. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I ended up guilted into it by just like all of our friend group basically. And <laughs> or all of Eric's friend group, I guess more in high school. Yeah. Yeah, and they like roped me into like doing lights for them. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I hate doing this. I had to crawl up on a fucking catwalk. I don't like going up on like heights and oh, stuff. Yeah. So I was, I was up putting What's like that? hanging lights and shit. And I was like, oh, I hate this. Why am I doing that? Oh, yeah, she's on all fours in front of me. Yeah, this is not so bad. <laughs> this isn't so bad. Not so bad. Do you, remember, right. do you remember what the show was? No, not at all. No. Actually, I can't remember. I kind of remember what it was about it was about faith but i can't remember fucking at all what the fucking show is called <laughs> ours was called uh hedges it was about like two families warring over a shared hedge between their two properties okay uh, and it was basically like a really fucking heavy-handed metaphor for like an arms race kind of thing yeah uh, and the hedge was like a little chorus of actors i think is all act females so it was all actresses yeah but yeah, I, I played one of the husband of one of the two couples. And then in my OAC year, for those of you that remember OAC. Oh my God, remember? Fucking, <laughs> fucking really aging ourselves now. Yeah, no kidding. The director that was putting on these big musical productions asked me rather than auditioning to be in the show to be the musical director because the woman who had formerly been doing the musical direction, she actually passed away shortly after we did, we finished a run of Peter Pan of cancer. And so she didn't really have anybody. And he knew that I was like really involved in the music department. So he asked me to like music direct the pit band for Godspell, which is basically just a rock band at that point. Right. It's like, yeah, just like a rock band with a couple guitars and a, uh, and a piano kind of thing. And he knew that I was in a band. So it was actually my, uh, the drummer and guitar player from my band that were also in the pit band with me for that. Um, and the band was like the director did like have the band on stage and like kind of in character kind of thing. So like I was kind of in the show, but not really Yeah, like, kind of off to the side sort of thing. But yeah. And then when I was at McMaster, this is actually one of the, like, probably the way that I really got to know Eric because like we, we did live in the same residence, but not on the same floor. So we didn't really interact very much, but Eric and I were both in the McMaster musical theater production of Tommy together. He was in the pit band for that. And I was in the cast and the chorus. I played like a bunch of little minor roles, including getting to solo the opening lines to pinball wizard. 
And then oh, Eric, nice. Eric was actually the guitarist in it that like yeah, did the yeah. acoustic guitar part for Pinball Wizard. Yeah, we practiced together a couple times actually. Oh, yeah? Nice. yeah, he he practiced because like I know most of Pinball Wizard just because it's the Who. Yeah. On drums, so like he was like, "Oh, I need to practice. Can I come over?" Yeah, sure, fine, yeah. whatever. So I got to do that, and also I was one of the soldiers that went and told Tommy's mother that her husband had died at war, kind of thing. So yeah, okay. that was also a nice little solo that I got in there too. So that was that was really fun, and then. In my second year, they put on production of Jesus Christ Superstar, and I was like one of the high priests and also chorus in that as well. And Eric was one of the other two high priests in that production as well. I saw that one, actually. That one I went and saw. Oh, yeah? You would have saw me on stage in that then. Must have, yeah, because I went (laughs) and saw Eric do that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was the two of us, and then a a girl named Lisa was the third high priest. So. And then the other one that I did, which I did kind kind of get roped into, my sister was doing this local like youth theater company that her and some of her friends had just made up and they were like putting on shows in a church or something or like a church basement or something like that. Yeah. And I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but they ended up putting on two shows one year. One was just some generic thing. I don't remember the name of it. The other was no exit okay. uh, by Jean-Paul Sartre, yeah. which is great fucking play. Uh, it's all very existential afterlifey kind of thing mm-hmm. and for some reason i can't remember why but the lead actor in my sister was directing no exit and the lead actor bailed on her for some reason like within the lot like a few weeks before the production and Oof. so she was like i am fucked and she asked me if i could step in and take over and i was like i'll fucking give it a shot so i had to like and like i was playing the male lead in it so i had a shitload of fucking lines like i was i think on stage the entire play like I was the first person on the stage and on until the curtain kind of thing. And, uh, but I fucking, I did it. I, I got it all, all the fucking lines down and everything. And there's only a few shows, but that was like probably my proudest theater moment because, you know, I was kind of in a pinch and able to help my sister out. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, theater I found was generally fun. I like being on stage in general, but like, especially when, after the second time at McMaster kind of getting cast in like minor comedic roles or like minor roles, I was like probably in part because I don't really have the body type for a lead role, which was one thing Eric and I kind of bonded over with Jesus Christ Superstar. They're like, oh, they're putting us in this basically jokey role because we're both like kind of the chubby stocky dudes. Short, yeah, you're short chubby dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at that point, I think both of us figured like, okay, you know, one, we did the show last year. So maybe we can get something bigger this year. And two was, you know, we both were relatively experienced, at least for a fucking university student. Yeah. And both of us kind of got relegated to those comedic, like relatively minor roles. We we're like, yeah, I think I'm kind of done with this. Yeah. Eric was pissed about that. I remember him <laughs> like going on little rants about it and me just being like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And I gave you, it's that's a little bit outside my six foot five experience, right? Like usually yeah. they, people are like, we, can we put you out front? And I'm like, can you put me behind the drum kit? That's where Mark <laughs> belongs actually. Yeah. Um, not an in camera or in front of camera kind of person. Even doing this is like outside my wheelhouse. Cause I'm used to being like the drummer guy, right? Like yeah. doing the podcast, which I guess is kind of like, kind of what being in a band <laughs> It's almost like this has become that kind of thing. Yeah. Team effort and everything. And yeah, trying, trying to find people that are, have like, like-minded and kind of have similar, similar enough tastes, enough overlap kind of thing. And yeah, that you mesh well, pretty well together. I don't know if I'd really get back into stage plays at this point, just because 
by the time I got into university, I was already getting a little disillusioned with it. The only reasons that, that I did Tommy and Jesus Christ Superstar at McMaster was because chicks. those are a couple of my favorite shows and they're like rock operas, basically. Oh, I thought it was for the chicks. That that too. That, yeah. That didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, theater uh, chicks are, you know, notorious. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a young person's game. Like I, no judgment if you're out there still doing, you know, community theater or whatever, like when you're older. But like, for me, I don't know that I feel, I, I would feel kind of out of place and maybe uncomfortable doing it at, at my age. But I don't know if somebody was maybe doing like an amateur production of like Avenue Q or Book of Mormon or something like that, something that I feel like, you know, would be a fun experience. Then I, I might consider doing it again someday. There's lots of uh, community stuff you could do in Toronto. So you should, yeah. if you're actually curious, you should talk to Christy. She's probably, probably. involved in that kind of stuff still. I, mean, I don't C- even know. Christy's fucking like at least semi-pro, if not full pro at this point. I don't know if she... I think she, we could consider Christy at least pro at this point. This true. So Anybody that hasn't seen uh, Christy's episode of Sons of Butcher yet, uh, go look at go look on our Facebook page. You can see yeah. that. She's pretty funny, so I yeah. don't know. She did, did a solid job. That was an that. awesome she job, a, yeah. yeah. She had a good amount of screen time too. We'll have to try and get her like world famous Christy Bolton back on the podcast at some point in the future. <laughs> if we, yeah. if we ever talk to her ever again, <laughs> she's kind of disappeared on us. Yeah. So <laughs> no, she, she messaged me on my birthday. Oh, did she? I haven't heard from her in a while. So either yeah, way, she did message me on my birthday. So I talked cool. to her a little bit. Yeah. That was all I had. Did you have any others besides that? That was kind of like the two big ones. I think, yeah, like I kind of, like the band and the band stuff and the models are the two that I really gave up. I was really like, this was actually a hard one for me. Cause I was like, what have I given up? Cause like, I've been very hobby focused for my whole life. Right. Like I've like illustration has always been my main hobby and mm-hmm. I don't generally deviate from it too much. Like I've never like, yeah, like I've, I've had a couple that have kind of like meandered here and there, like comics, for instance, like I've tried to dabble in like other types of comics. Like I, I think I mentioned a while back, like that I had, started collecting all the IDW's Transformers comics for a while yeah. and shit like that. And then started realizing like, yeah, this isn't really my thing. Got out of it. But you know, yeah. that was just like a little fucking brief tangent kind of thing. Collecting is one thing that I've, I've gotten away from a lot recently more than anything, Actual, I guess. Yeah. Collecting yeah, like physically physical. stuff. Like even like, I, I have like a very, like even my vinyl collection, like you would think me being music guy that my vinyl collection would be fucking insanely expansive, but it's not really huge. It's like, probably like 300 records total kind of thing like it's really just like what i really love because like as much as i like having that like i by and large listen to most of my music streaming now right like i'm kind of spotify Mm -hmm. so like again it's like digital convenience has trumped like collecting anything or whatever for whatever reason yeah i guess that's another for me i mean i used to collect the shit out of like cds even cds yeah yeah Yeah. and as soon as i hit like basically university and napster that basically is more or less fallen by the wayside at this point i probably still bought like big name band cds like i would buy like a deftones or like a pearl jam when they came out on cd but now i'll probably just buy it on vinyl and put it in the collection with the rest of it Mm -hmm. but like yeah most of the time if you see me with headphones and I'm listening to Spotify, like I'm not even listening to my own MP3s anymore. Cause like just having that, like having access to basically everything ever, it makes it so easy. It's just like, I can, what do I want to listen to? It's not even like, Oh, do I have to go download it or, you know, file it and all the stuff we used to have to do when we were organizing MP3s. I'm just like, Paul recommended my geek cred to me this week, basically. And I just keyed it into Spotify. And I was like, Oh yeah, she's been recommended to me 14 times already because <laughs> it's kind of a metally doom metal kind of thing. And yeah, 
I, it's just right there. So I kind of stopped like CD buying vinyl, like all that kind of stuff. It really just became Spotify and live shows. Like I collect live shows now, I guess. I'm kind of the same way in that. Like I not necessarily with music as much, but like with, uh, like I, I try and collect more experiences in terms of like food and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't, don't know what the equivalent would be if it would be like fucking cookbooks or some shit like that. But like, rather than do that, I just go out and try and like actually eat it you know, nice restaurants. Yeah. Occasionally to, yeah, that kind of thing. That, yeah, that was everything. I, I mean, I, if I, yeah, I might be able to revisit this, but like, those are really the big ones that jumped into my head when yeah. we're sort of thinking about this topic. Well, like I said, like I kind of struggled with it because like, like my parents were giving me shit. I was talking about the, this topic before we started recording or like, well, they were like, what are you guys talking about tonight? I was like, Oh, hobbies that I gave up. And they're like, what other hobbies have you had? Like you've been <laughs> drawing since you were like, we don't remember, they don't remember a time when I wasn't spending all my time like putting pen to paper basically. So they're like, that's always kind of just been like, that's Mark's hobby or right? yeah. and his job and kind of everything, you know what I mean? Like that's what Mark does. I guess so. kind of the other big one for me, which I, I know I've mentioned on the podcast before is like kind of hardcore PC gaming. Like there was oh, definitely yeah. a period where I was very much like hardcore fucking like, like day of defeat, counter-strike, counter-strike online yeah. gaming, kind of like, every day kind of thing for maybe like a, a couple of years or something like that. Um, kind of working like part time at future shop in between when I worked at yeah. Disney world, and when I moved down to, uh, to Atlanta. Yeah, there was a, I've come and go with gaming. I've been pretty hardcore about it the last couple of years, but like it, sometimes I'm like, I'm less into it than like during the PS3 generation, I was real like, all right, I guess like, what are we still doing this? Like what's happening here? Yeah. But I kind of picked it back up a little bit more like later into that generation going like forward. Now I'm really into it again. So that doesn't count obviously. Cause like <laughs> I just bought a PS five and an Xbox. So yeah. Can't really say that. Yeah. And I mean, I had a big break in my sort of console gaming too. Like I wasn't really playing much in the way of console gaming. Like after I moved away to university, like I, I don't even remember if I took my Genesis with me to university or not. Cause I only had a dinky little fucking TV there. Yeah. Um, uh, the only other thing I could think of right now is uh, movies. I used to be like real hardcore, about like Oscar Beatty kind of like yeah, watching same. all those dramas and stuff. True. And now I'm just like, if I don't watch it for the podcast, I'm not watching it for anything except for like enjoyment. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, I'm not putting myself through like these fucking horrible fucking yeah. like, cry fests and shit. And that's maybe just because of COVID and stuff. Like, I don't want to put myself through it right now. But, like, I have the last couple of years, I've been really, I think more since we've been doing this podcast, like, I've been shying away from that is, like, my focus has always been more pop culture anyway. Like, the, you know, mm-hmm. the Big Bang action movie kind of stuff. Um, and that's what I've always been more interested in in terms of movies anyway. So, I, I like, I gave up the pretension of being a film snob, basically. <laughs> same, was, yeah, same to an extent. Like, for me, yeah. it was it was some of those Oscar Beatty movies, but maybe a little bit more, like, indie movies I was really into in, yeah. like, undergrad kind of thing. You know, like, uh, it didn't have to be, like, an Oscar Beatty thing, but, like, a lot of, like, cult movies and stuff. And, it, and part of it was just me trying to sort of give myself that base level zeitgeist kind of yeah you know consciousness kind of understanding of of culture of movies and stuff like that and i I got through you know i watched a bunch of like old fucking black and white stuff and i was like yeah this is good like i don't feel like this is going to be something i'm going to rewatch yeah constantly but i feel i feel good that like i sat down and watched like 
rear window and Casablanca and shit yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah, I did the what was it, like the top 100, you know, like movies of all time was the yeah, AFI list. Yeah, yeah, I did that list at one point, like sat through all those movies. And like, so like I've seen like I've got a good base of knowledge for film and stuff like that. And like I did mm-hmm. the schooling and all that kind of stuff. But like, so now I just kind of like I don't torture myself over it anymore. Like if a movie doesn't look super appealing for whatever reason, I'm just like, well, I mean, it's like it's never going to go away. It's always going to be there if I want to watch it down the line. Like, I'm not going to force myself to sit here and watch it because of some award show that I'm not even going to watch. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, I don't even care what happens <laughs> on the Oscars, really. So I'm like, why do I care what, what, what these movies are? I, as far as I'm concerned, the best movie that came out in the last 10 years is fucking Endgame. So, like, yeah. come at me, you know. Part of it for me, too, is that I've cultivated a group of people around me now that, like, I know whose tastes I align with pretty well. So, like, if certain people are, like, saying, oh, I went and saw this or I streamed this or whatever and it was really good, then I'm like, okay, maybe I should check that out. And then there are other people that, like, you know, I I like and respect, but, like, our fucking film interests have, like, no overlap whatsoever. So, like, I don't really take their opinion into consideration. So that's more what sort of determines what I'm what I am and going to not going to spend my time watching, both in terms of movies and TV these days, if it's out, you know, sort of outside the realm of shit that we watch or watch for the podcast anyways. Yeah. Well, even stuff that like we watch for the podcast, sometimes I'll, I'll watch it or like that. I would kind of watch for the podcast and I'll listen to somebody else's opinion of it. And they'll be like, that was really good. And I'm like, I want to fucking scream at them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, like, you know, well, like, not trusting your opinion. On I'm like, your opinion's before. fucking dead to me yeah. uh, at this point. Cause I had, a, I had one of the guys that I usually listen to and they were like, yeah, I didn't mind Jupiter's legacy. I'm like, well, you're fucking dead to me. Like, I don't know. Like that <laughs> well, was like the perfect. people, yeah. there've been a number of people on my Facebook friends list that have been like, yeah, yeah, I actually I wa- sat down and watched Cruella and I thought that it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. And you I was talking about sitting, that at all. <laughs> I'm sitting here saying like, really? This movie where Cruella DeVille hates dogs because dogs killed her parents? You think that that is a good movie? Yeah. Well. <laughs> We're supposed to fucking empathize her because rabid Dalmatians like pushed her mother off a roof or some shit. I'm just really glad we, I think we talked about this a little bit in chat more than anything, but I was just like, if, if the fucking bar is that low for screenwriting, I should have fucking gone into screenwriting. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause like, I'm a better writer than that. You know, like I was definitely a better creative writer than fucking that. Like that. I mean, that's just the Batman origin story. Yeah, exactly. It's you just a Batman mean? story, but like, yeah, but the, but the, but the, like yeah. it's fucking, but terrible. the mugger, the mugger's just a uh, fucking dog. The mugger's a dog instead of, uh, you know, instead of Joe Chill. and instead of fucking fighting for like truth and justice, you know what I mean? Like becoming the bat, she becomes Gorilla DeVille and skins puppies. So like, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to skin these things and wear them. <laughs> one of these people is a, you know, sympathetic character. And the other one is Cruella DeVille. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you anymore. I just, what a fucking disaster. When you told me that, I was like, I thought I seriously thought Reddit was bullshitting me at that point. You know, what I mean? like I, I read that 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 was the plot, and I, was I like, wouldn't I wouldn't have believed right. it until somebody actually linked me to the fucking video, which I, the clip, and I watched it. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, they fucking did that. Yeah, but then you sent it to me, and I was like, wait, is that real? Like I thought it was just Reddit <laughs> bullshit, right? And then I looked it up, and it was real, and I was like, oh well, well, I'm never. I mean, I was never going to watch that movie to begin with, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped forcing myself to watch shit uh, unless we're going to cover for the podcast <laughs> that I don't want to watch because it's just like it's no point in watching all this stuff. So and like that, yeah, right back to yeah. like the Oscar bait movies or like, yeah, even to a certain extent, like, the, like that 
the indie kind of stuff that everybody like you know your film nerd friends kind of get real buzzy yeah. about your, and you're eternal like eternal sons of the, so the spotless yeah. sunshine of the spotless minds that kind of yeah thing. so like you you're like but i'll sit down and watch those and just be like i man i gotta get up for work tomorrow you know what i mean charlie <laughs> kaufman like this shit's like four hours long for yeah. whatever jesus christ cohen brothers yeah i don't like i fucking watched the fargo show like i love the cohen brothers, i started you know, watching fargo this week actually it's fucking good eh like yeah, it's weird like, but it's i'm like i'm like good. three or four episodes into the first season and like i'll definitely keep watching it it's just oh, yeah. it's just it's just a fun watch you gotta fucking the only problem with that show i have is like i have to watch it you know what i mean like i really have to sit and be like oh i'm like i'm not drawing i'm not on my phone i have to sit and just like fucking watch fargo it's yeah. like better call Saul, where it's like er, there's so much shit going on and like all this background crap's gonna come back up later and be part of the fucking plot like the way better call Saul, you know properly builds plots and shit like that yeah. so like you gotta actually sit there and watch it to get everything out of it and i'm just like yeah it's a commitment these days when like even the marvel stuff i don't have to really sit there and like actively watch the entire time yeah yeah. So they really they hold your hand through that shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of everything I had. Anything else you want to talk about? Or you want to move on to geek cred? I mean, no, not really. I can't think of anything else that was like that I gave up. So yeah, we can move on to geek cred now. All right, then we can. Our final segment is geek cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might enjoy. So, Mark, what is your geek cred this week? I don't know if they'll enjoy it, but like I'm enjoying it. So Paul recommended, actually it was something Paul recommended to me. So I used, it's almost like a geek cred uh, from Paul through me because he's the one who recommended this lady <laughs> to me. Although, proxy. Yeah, it's kind of geek cred by proxy, but there's this, she's actually somebody who did one of the singles for your Dark Knight metal thing that DC is oh, yeah? doing. So Chelsea Wolf did Diana as a single for that thing. I'm not recommending, I mean, the song's good because it's Chelsea Wolf and she does basically everything awesome but i was like her most recent one from 2019 uh birth of violence is a very good gloomy like it's almost like female-led alice in chains with more doom in it and i'm like yeah i'm on board so that's what paul recommended to me so i'm recommending that happy sunshine summertime album to all of you it's (laughs) none of those things it's happy happy death metal it is basically happy death metal it's not actually happy at all it's very kind of sad but you know it's really good also so i highly recommend it that's really the only other new thing i've done this week aside from like scream at about fucking 3080 ti's that shouldn't have been made <laughs> and are like already gone they were gone within seconds and i was just sad so chelsea wolf birth of violence go listen to it. it's on spotify it's really good cool and maybe give dc a click and listen to that diana one because I'm sure at least Chelsea Wolf will get some money off of it that way. Hopefully, if you listen to it, <laughs> you stream it, she'll get a fraction of a cent. Yeah, something like that. So if, if all four of our listeners stream it, she'll get like a penny. So, <laughs> so for me, I'm going to recommend a, a comic. It's one I think I've talked about, but I don't think I've credited it yet. Strange Adventures, which is uh, one of the current Tom King miniseries that DC is putting out. So it's so hot right now, that Tom King. <laughs> he really is. This one is drawn by Mr. Ads and Evan Doc air quotes shaner and it focuses on the adam strange character and his wife alana and like sort of a battle with an alien species on their home world of ran but it's sort of all told in flashback and hindsight so they're on earth sort of doing like a book tour and like a promotional tour and shit like that after having had this whole battle go down and it's, it's sort of similar to mr miracle in that it dives a little deeper into like the psychology of what it's like to be a superhero and kind of the, the gray areas in between things. And in this case, some of the sort of half truths that get told from the, 
point. It's very much a history is told by the victors kind of situation. I'll say cool. without without spoiling it too much. So you get a lot of sort of Rashomon kind of shit out of it. Batman is in it. He doesn't not like a key role, but he has he's uh, in a, a few issues of it because he's one of the people that sort of get him and Mr. Terrific kind of get a whiff that Adam Strange's story maybe isn't all that he's isn't fully 100 percent true. Yeah. So it's it's very very good storytelling, uh, and the art is also fucking fantastic. So nice. It's ten issues in now. It's a twelve issue miniseries, so it'll be done within a couple of months. If you want to sit and like you know trade weight it or whatever, I will probably do that because that's what I do with everything. Because <laughs> give me a complete story. I've been or enjoying it more that I've been enjoying his Rorschach series, which is very like political and yes, not it's. I mean, it's very ponderous. I, I guess. I mean, it, it does kind of feel a little bit like Watchmen in that, mm-hmm. it, it you know, there's not a lot of action kind of thing. It's a lot of stuff that's, you know, it's very... It's more philosophy than yeah, it is it's more like... philosophical kind of thing. And, and again, another story where it's like we are kind of coming into things in the third act and then finding out about shit that happened previously uh, as we go along. So it's not yeah. bad, but it's I, I've definitely been enjoying... I definitely enjoyed Mr. Mir- Miracle more and I'm enjoying Strange Adventures more too. Cool. I'll have to take a look at it at some point. I do like Tom King stuff, so it is something I might be interested in. Yeah. I haven't been reading any comic book stuff lately. Like nothing's really been like grabbing me. I keep like looking at Comicsology and like I don't know what they're doing with Marvel right now, and like I'm just not nothing's grabbing me. So I don't know. Yeah, Batman's been good. Uh, you were telling me Detective was good, right? Like was Detective's it, uh, been good too? Yeah, uh, Mariko Tamaki is yeah. uh, running writing Detective now, and it's a pretty cool. I mean, it's it's post Joker War, so it's kind of like it, I think they're kind of trying to lean into that. They're kind kind of trying to synergize with the Matt Reeves Bat the Batman movie, where it's like a Batman that doesn't have a massive fucking cave and like just shit tons of resources. Like he's a little more, you know, just trying to get things done by the skin of his teeth, and also a little more detectivey. Okay. So that's kind of what the vibe that this uh, the Detective Comics is given right now to. Fair. I mean, like, that's always a way to go. I'm sure they'll get back to, you know, back God at some point. They always do. Yeah. So uh, I'm not against that kind of take. And I'll have to take a look at it at some point. Hmm. Wait, is this new Conjuring movie out? Can I just I watch know. that? I haven't, I haven't been watching those. I think I watched the first one. That's it. Yeah, they're not very good, but like, <laughs> it's something to watch, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we can finish up this episode. Thank you very much for listening to our 254th episode. If you have anything to say or tell us about anything that we talked about, if you want to talk to us about mention some things that you used to be into but aren't really anymore, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Podcast. You can email us at dancerbotdancepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast and if you're not already subscribed to the podcast you can do so on google apple stitcher and spotify and with that we will say good night say good night mark have a good one everybody and this is tim saying it's okay you don't have to stick with that thing just because you started it concurred if you're not having fun with it anymore let it go and and bring in something new that brings that sparks joy yes agreed (laughs) All right. Talk to you next week, folks.